How good to hear that old song. Wow, that brings back some memories, doesn't it? I uh, thought we played that uh, as the intro for this particular edition of the Two Dogs podcast because it is uh, it is about two players from our past and uh, two great players too and two ripping blokes. Really looking forward to this one. I know you're going to enjoy it. You don't want to hear much from me and you don't need to hear much from me because all I have to say is our guest this week on the Two Dogs podcast are two of the greats of, uh, of football in general and of the uh, and of the Bulldogs. I'm talking about Barry Round and Bernie Quinlan. They both walked into the club in 1969 and uh, when, they, uh, when they finished their footy careers, both have played over 300 games and achieved so much, including sharing the 1981 Brownlow medal. All that, that entire journey is coming up in this podcast. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Barry Round, Bernie Quinlan, two old dogs. All right, Jen. So, give me a rundown, Randy. What's what's the body? What's the condition of the body these days? Post your you know your your career. Oh, yeah. Look, it's there's wear and tear in that. And um, I had a knee replacement before I moved up to Queensland. That was in about two thousand and eight, I think. You know, the boy said, "Oh, I'll well, serve you right for playing so many bloody games of footy." I played till I was forty one, and uh, I said, "Yeah, well, there's a, an eighty year old woman in the next bed just had a knee replacement. How many games do you she play?" And um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you you got to do something. You can't sit in your land room all your life. But um, yeah, I got the usual aches and pains, and I've had a bit of heart trouble the last you know ten, twelve years, and um, yeah. I actually had open heart surgery about eighteen months ago. So, but. Yeah, apart from that, I'll get up and have me walk and I'd, I'd be having a swim. I've got a couple of sores on my legs that are taking a while to heal. So uh, I've been out of the water. But yeah, I'm fairly active, trying to be active anyway. Yeah. You're downplaying, you're downplaying that heart business a bit, Roundy. Well, I mean, oh, <laughs> you're, lucky yeah. to be, you're lucky to be here. I only died twice. I didn't, so the third, third time <laughs> might, have been, might have been a bit lucky. <laughs> that might have been the end of you. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, anyway, you're through it. That's a good thing. That's one good thing. Yeah, yeah, but I still got a bit of a bit of a problem with the. They fixed the mitral valve, which is on the left, and now the bloody right one's leaking a bit. So, uh, oh, so yeah, so that gives me a bit of, uh, you know, that limits me a bit. I could say, I'd probably say, but apart from that, you know, it's just a general wear and tear. Randy, didn't Ian Stewart once famously say, "If you were pronounced dead, he'd get a second opinion because uh, you'd probably get up and move anyway." Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I remember that, and. Uh, yeah, I actually flatlined twice when I had the major operation. Jesus. A four-hour operation turned into a 10-hour operation, and I was in a coma for five days. So, uh, yeah, she was a bit touch and go there for a while, but, oh, well, you know, I thought I'd better try and make a recovery and come good, thank goodness. Bertie, how's your body these days? Oh, well, compared to what Randy's gone through, I, I really can't complain. I've, you know, I've got the, ache, the aches and pains from playing a lot of footy, of course. My knees are pretty good. Um my back is the one thing that gives me a fair bit of uh, grief at the moment. But um, apart from that, once I get up and get moving, uh, I sort of put it in the back of my mind and just get on with it. But, um, you know, we're not getting any younger. I'm 69 and now he's 78. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not quite. <laughs> Australia, well, you know. 50 if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> you've just, after you've played a lot of football, you just have to expect, I suppose, uh, you know, a few aches and grumbles around the place. But, you know, I look at some old people that, you know, even people younger than we are, yeah. and I think, well, they've never played footy as Randy said. The, the old woman, you know, how many games did she play? 
probably explain Bernie's back a bit because he's been single for all those years and uh, sort of <laughs> a bit of social activity. <laughs> now, can I take uh, you absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I'm a, a born again. You know that, Rowdy. <laughs> now, can I take you both back to 1969 when you both arrived? I mean, Barry, I know you played a couple of games uh, under permit in the reserves in 68, but uh, when you both arrived at the start of the 69 season, what are, what are your memories of those days? Bernie, you go first. I did the pre-season, well, a part of the pre-season, I went up with the boys up to Mount Macedon, up to one of the uh, one of the committee members had a house up at Mount Macedon. I did that pre-season, or I did the weekend up there with the boys. But um, I was sort of, it wasn't in my mind really desperately, urgently to get down to play uh, VFL football as it was in those days. So, I, you know, I did all that and, and uh, then just went back up the country because I was only 17 and yeah. I hadn't even played any senior football at that stage. So I was coming into my first year of playing senior football in the Latrobe Valley Football League. So I just went back up there and was quite happy. I was playing basketball and football with my mates and uh, having a pretty good time. But uh, Jack and uh, EJ kept on hammering at me. And I went uh, I went down to one of the, I think it was the Queen's Birthday game down at the MCG. And the boys were playing there. The doggies were playing Melbourne. And I was with Jack and Jack said to me, come on now, come on, look, stop mucking around. You're good enough to be out there playing with these blokes. I remember it clearly. I know, you know, I just kept, they kept chipping away, chipping away, and eventually, uh, eventually I weakened and I came down halfway through the season. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was just my memories of the, the early parts of 69. I came down there and I didn't have a license, and they really got you down there without a real lot of guidance in those days, and you were sort of just left to your own means. But I, I lived with my, uh, my sister who just got married, and I lived with her and her husband for a little while, and then moved out with the boys at Footscray and boarded with Laurie Rippon and Les Bartlett and a couple of others. And, uh, yeah, that's, that, those were the early days, and there was no complications. Um, I don't think we were overcoached. You know, there was a senior coach, a reserves coach, and that was about it, and yeah. away we went. And yeah. um, it was pretty simple. It was, life was pretty simple in those days. Randy, uh, you were obviously zoned out of Warrigal, and, and as I mentioned, played a couple of games uh, under permit in 68 in the reserves. Um, what are your memories of that early sort of uh, days for you at the Doggies? Yeah, well, I think uh, Bernie might have been in the same position. Uh, uh, Les Flintoff, Debbie Flintoff, King's uh, old man, and he was a committee man, uh, a member of uh, Richmond, and Graham Richmond came up to Warrigal, I think it was about 67, and towards the end of the season, and spoke with them a couple of times, and they said, oh, I'll come down and be our guest at the finals. And I think they actually won the grand final in 1967, and me and one of my mates from Warrigal went down as the guest of the Tigers, and... Um, so I went back and played the next year at Warrigal and um, zoning came in over the over the end of the season. I'd spoken to Richmond again a couple of times and it was pretty close to, you know, having to try out there, but uh, zoning came in and took that off the, off the table, that option. So I uh, went down and pretty soon, Joey Ryan and, and uh, I think it was uh, another committee man came up to, to Warrigal and said, come down. Might have, been, and, might have been Jack Preston, was it, Randy? Yeah, might oh, have been. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. And, was um, it Bill Barnard? <laughs> yeah, but Bill Barnard. It was it actually was Billy Barnard. Yeah, and, and um, Billy had the, Billy had the place up at Mount Massive and Roundy that we stayed that's at. It. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was Billy Barnard yep. and, and Joey Ryan and uh, former champion Footscray Rovers. Anyway, they said, "Well, you you're zoned to us. You might as well come down and have a fight." So I, I went down. And I, I, I might have mentioned it. I think I did a, a bit of an interview with um, Neil Cordier a, a couple of weeks back, and I, I didn't know where the ground was, so I stopped in Footscray. I found Footscray all right, but uh, <laughs> I didn't get out of Warrigal too much in those days, and um, I had to stop and ask someone where the footy ground was, and they had a bloke in Geelong Road, I think it was, and he, so he showed me where the ground was and walked in. 
said he went and pulled up about the same time as me and it was almost the same scenario. And I said, well, hello, someone here. I've come down for a run. Shook hands and nearly broke about four of my fingers. And um, <laughs> I walk in the rooms and there's, uh, you know, I mentioned Dave Darcy the other day. I'm very sad that he's passed away on us. But there's Dave and then uh, Johnny Gillard, Georgie Bissett, and all these uh, champion players that have played Stadium Bryant that have played for Victoria. And I'm, I'm in the room there getting changed with them. It's pretty overawed, actually. And, um, so anyway, I got, sort of got through the first couple of trains. There's another kid called Harry Squire came down from South Gippsland and um, it made it a bit easy. He was only about 15 or 16, I think, at the time. And uh, so we sort of, I wasn't the only new kid on the box sort of thing. And um, so it was made it a bit easy. But I was I was pretty lucky. It was a bit like Bernie. I was, I was always sort of being pretty fit. So we went away and did the Mount Macedon camp and running up the mountain and all this sort of stuff. So uh, I got through that and then... Um, Played a, a couple of practice games, which we used to play every year, and we'd go across to Adelaide and do a bit of a pre-season training camp and play against uh, Central Districts, and uh, and they were the Bulldogs over there, and they became really wild matches, and blokes were getting their jaws broken. There was virtually no rules. The South Australian umpires would just look the other way, and uh, so we ended up calling it off. It just got too out of hand, and uh, those games were horrendous, weren't they, Roundy over there? Uh, Unbelievable. Some blokes were ending up in hospital for the night, and. It was yeah. just wild and wild and wild and woolly. It was just unbelievable. We had the pre-season jumper presentation, and I got presented with Johnny Schultz's number fourteen. He just retired, and that was a real thrill for me. And uh, and then I got picked in the first game of the year out at uh, well Princess Park. We were playing Fitzroy. They they were playing their home games there, and um, yeah, that was my first game Easter Monday, nineteen seventy. That was Ted's three hundredth, wasn't it? I know, I know. I thought all the streamers and balloons and that was for me. I thought, geez, I'm making a bit of a fuss out of your first game here. And uh, I heard one of the, uh, the committee men said, now we're going to form a guard of one off the Craggy, they're going over the top. But uh, it was for Teddy 300. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, you wouldn't believe it, Randy. I played my first game against Fitzroy also. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, out, out of the Western Oval, Western Oval, as it was in those days. Hey, uh, yeah. four goals on debut, Bernie. Uh, that's a pretty reasonable. Yep. Pretty reasonable debut for, uh, you know, a young 17-year-old? Uh, yeah, I suppose so, Kev. I mean, the footy was played a little bit differently in those days. You got a bit more room on the forward line. And, of course, you depended uh, pretty much on what was going on in the midfield. But, um, yeah, I got lucky, I suppose, Kev, in, that, in the first game. <laughs> the um, the bottom of the ladder was a fairly, um, you know, a, a usual position for the doggies in, in, in those days. There wasn't a lot of success around. Uh, what what sort of kept you both going through the, through those times? I know we won a, a night premiership in the early 70s, but what, what kept you kind of up and about? The thrill of playing VFL footy and, uh, you know, getting to run around and play the game. I think I got 30 bucks a week for my first 50 games and um, – about ten percent of what Bernie was getting, by the way. But anyway, you're, yeah. hey, hey, you're overpaid. I was before tax. Before tax, well, I was I was only getting twenty five dollars a game the first year, sixty nine. Yeah, well, yeah. well, you've certainly made up for that. <laughs> no, no, very funny. Just the camaraderie around the place was, uh, was just fantastic, and I. You know, you'd come in after the game and my trainer, the bunch of trainers were terrific blokes and Snowy Hazard and Cliffy Pride and Bull Mason and all them and uh, yeah, you know, yeah, with the trainers and, and uh, you know, it was just, a, I think the club used to put on a bit of a dance every Saturday night so you'd get there and all the boys had mixed together and we, we were a very close team and uh, so that, the camaraderie was just terrific but um, the, yeah, the results on the ground were a bit disappointing. And we weren't absolutely hopeless, though, Roundy. I mean, we weren't completely down the bottom of the ladder. We're sort of, you know, yeah. seventh or eighth or around that sort of position. We weren't uh, absolute no hopers. We're sort yeah. of um, 
we'd win our we'd win our share of games in those years, but we just weren't right up at the in the top echelon. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, when you look at it, the behaviour wasn't all that professional. When you look at some of the the pleasant <laughs> Sunday mornings, and they'd have the barrel, and all the players would do a little bit of training, and then everyone would get around the barrel, which was you know completely, I suppose, foreign to what they'd be doing these days. So uh, the professionalism certainly wasn't there, but we had some pretty good times. Rowdy, you were and the we weren't the only club either. There, uh, yeah, most clubs used to have, you know, a bit of a training run on Sunday, and you see yeah. a few blokes turn up for training with the same gear they had on on the Saturday night when they went in. <laughs> and uh, we had a couple of them at the Bulldogs as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we ever? What uh, What are your memories of that 1970 night premiership when you beat Melbourne by two points? Oh. Yeah, that was terrific. Uh, um, <laughs> I think Georgie Georgie Bissett then went away on a fishing trip after that. The season ended, and um, you know we only played a couple of night games, and I don't know if he came back to play, and or not be qualified. He only had to win a couple to make the the final. And uh, anyway, the Georgie come back on the day of the uh, the game. Oh, he still had a, a bit of a smell about him. I think he'd been uh, doing a bit more than fishing anyway. And uh, anyway, <laughs> we've run out and. <laughs> Everyone's got the white shorts on, and Georgie's got the black shorts. And uh, <laughs> he was—he he, let's just say he didn't prepare too well for the game. But he still played all right, the little fella. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was just a, a terrific. And we went back to Nobby Collinson's pub in uh, Spencer That's right, yep. and yep. Uh, celebrated there. And oh, that was great. You know, we uh, you know, any bit of silverware was most cherished in those days, wasn't it, Burn? That's right. It was a wool exchange, wasn't it? That hotel we went back to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. Well, you know, it was only eight games qualified to play in the night finals. The teams, the teams that didn't make the uh, the actual day finals. So you had to win. You win the first one, then you went into the semi finals. You win that one, and then straight into the grand final. So that's right, round. You had to win two before you got to the grand final. Yeah, I can't remember a lot about the game, but I, I do remember just going back to the, to Nobby Collinson's pub and. Uh, and doing a little bit of celebrating that night. So something, yeah, as you say, we did uh, hey, any little bit of silverware was very grateful in those days. A lot a lot is written and talked about uh, the, the struggles of the club financially at that stage and what happened, uh, and, you, and you both were involved in, 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 in to finish your days at, uh, at the Doggies. So, Randy, when, when it came time for you to go, was it... Was it more a financial thing, or was it more an opportunity thing because of uh, where you sat in the pecking order in the in the ruck division and all that sort of stuff? What what was the the, the circumstances around you leaving the club? Oh, look, at the, no, it certainly was an opportunity. Uh, Kev, I um, I, I'd been playing ruck and forward pocket, and uh, you know mainly forward pocket because uh, Dempsey wasn't too keen on having a rest in the forward pocket. So big uh, big Gary did most of the ruck work, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was enough to survive little Georgie Bissett coming out of the centre and hitting you with a nice pass. And I think he would have fed Bernie a few over the years too. But um, no, the Billy, I was playing back pocket. Bobby Rose decided they needed a tall defender. And I think you might remember they used to rest the ruck, have two ruckmen, one resting in the forward pocket and one in the, in the back pocket. And uh, so that was my job. And uh, Billy Goggin came to the club and uh, he said, we need a bit of a clean out. And I was, I was naturally not a, a, a back backline player and you know and so but I played 21 out of the 22 games in uh, in 80 uh, 75 yeah. and uh, so I was distraught when uh, when Billy said we were having a clean it and uh, so the full back line was Gordon Casey in one back pocket Gary Merrington full back and I was in the other back pocket and we all got the bullet so uh, it didn't make me feel as bad but no I, I shed a few tears over leaving all my mates at the uh, the Bulldogs and um, was lucky enough to, to sort of land on my feet after that but uh, I was certainly had no uh, intentions of leaving. That's for sure. The other thing, the other thing, Randy, uh, Billy brought his mate Bluey Hampshire up from Geelong with him, 
which yeah. uh, he sort of thought, well, you know, I'm bringing Louie up there and uh, he's probably going to get first preference over you when he when he brings him into the club, which, um, you know, wasn't fair on you, actually, but uh, that's the way it went at the time. Probably wasn't room for both of you in that team, you know, with two big blokes yeah. like you and Bluey, and of course he was going to play Bluey. Yeah, well, his first—that's funny you say that. His first, uh, Billy's first preference was a swap with uh, Kenny Newland, so he was one of Billy's favourites at Geelong, and he yep. he wanted Billy uh, Kenny Newland to come to the Bulldogs. So they're trying to sort of shunt me down to Geelong, and I actually went down and trained there. And uh, Rod Olsen has just been appointed coach, and yeah. he had the, uh, the Kennedy Hawks com- uh, commandos about him, and then but the training was pretty grueling, but I got through it okay. And but I, it was just the fact that I. At the drive down to Geelong, you know, a couple of times a week and then weekends. Yeah, yeah. You like a couple of beers after the game. I thought I'm either going to lose my license or kill myself coming home. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so uh, I, yeah. uh, but the offer from Geelong was very good. But yeah, that was what happened. And then after I left, uh, I think Billy thought, well, we've got rid of it at all. We might need another. That's when Bluey did come. But um, yeah, yeah, no, thing, pretty, yeah. Kenny Newland did end up at Footscray as well. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and also. As, as Kevin mentioned, uh, the club in those days you could sell a player and get a uh, transfer fee, and I think exactly, they only got, yeah. about, only got about twenty grand for me. But uh, at least that was something. But then, then, then Bernie sort of well, you can explain your position too, Bernie. Yeah, Bernie. Yeah. There'd been a bloke out at uh, at Footscray, Kenny Ryan was the general manager or the secretary, whatever they called him in those days, and he transferred to Fitzroy. And so we started nibbling away at why don't you make have a change? You know, it's about time refresh your career and so forth and you just kept nibbling nibbling away and and but initially i mean collingwood made the first first advances and then kenny ryan took over and it was like a i suppose an avalanche it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and in the end uh, i sort of couldn't turn back and just made the move which was probably the best thing i did uh it sort of yeah, reinvigorated my career it's probably the same thing with roundy when he went to uh, south melbourne which was the best thing that possibly ever could have happened to him as well did you want to go oh look if, if I had not look, looking back, and if we could all look in the rear vision mirror, I'd yeah. rather play all my career at the one club. And of course, if that had been the case, that would have been, would have had to have been with the Bulldogs. But, uh, you know, of course, the old hindsight round is the best, you get the best vision, of course. And um, I was very sorry to, to leave a lot of the mates that I'd made at, at, at Footscray in those days. But, uh, you know, you'd move on and away you go. I think there might have been a bit of a commercial decision in there too once. Uh Bernie had decided he was going to go, and uh, <laughs> as you say, uh, no, no, uh, not 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 on Bernie's behalf, but uh, on the, on the footy uh, Bulldogs' behalf. Uh, Dickie Collinson was the president, and uh, you know, so you could get a substantial transfer for yeah, you yeah. before. And uh, I think uh, Bernie might have financed the club for a couple of years after they yeah, sold me. Yeah, but, they did. Uh, they did sell me in the end. Yeah, they they yeah. held out for a little while. They actually held out for half a season, so I missed the first half of nineteen seventy eight. I didn't play, and. Uh, uh, you know, Collingwood was sniffing, still sniffing around at that time, and Dickie Collinson said, "Well, listen, there's no way we're going to ever trade you to Collingwood, so you can just sit out there and uh, wither on the vine." But uh, when Fitzroy sort of got heavily involved, they thought, "Oh well, you know, there's a bit of money on offer as well. We'll take that offer, and away you go." Were you going to go to Sandringham at one stage, Bernie? Be no, look, sort that was of only spied, a bit of a ploy that... along the way. Yeah, yeah, that was. I, ne- I was never going to go there. That was just, you know, try to hurry along the the process. Let's go to the 1981 Brownlow Medal. How? Uh, what? What are your memories, Randy? First off, what are your memories of the night? Well, look, we had a pretty decent season, and uh, you know, won a couple of the newspaper awards and stuff like that. So, 
I thought, oh, I might get a few votes, but I, uh, in 1977, uh, Graham Teasdale from South Melbourne won it, and uh, they, you know, they predicted that was that was going to happen. And 78, they said Malcolm Bight, just the Brownlow leak, and 79 came along, and I'd had a, a, a really pretty good year that year, and the word was I'd won the Brownlow, so I thought, oh, you know, wrote a few things down, got to thank me mum and thank me teammates and all that. And uh, <laughs> anyway, Peter Moore won the bloody thing, so um, <laughs> when... Uh, when 81 came along, I thought, well, I'm not wasting another night. So I sort of laid into it a bit. And then, geez, uh, <laughs> then the lunch started coming out. So I thought, I'm going to pull back a bit. But, yeah, it's a bit hazy. But it was, oh, it was a great night. And Bernie, what's your memories of the night? Yeah, well, it was, it was the uh, voting was a different format in those days, Kevin, of course. It was the, uh, they do the one votes first. Yep. Then they do the second votes, the two votes. And finally, they do the, the three votes. I didn't have any votes after the first round. Randy right. at that stage had two. Yeah, agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay, after the second round, I got uh, two votes. So I was sitting, sitting on four votes coming up to the, uh, the three votes. I can't remember what the leaders are on. I'm, I, you know, I'm, that's, um, I, I don't know what the situation was with, it, with the leaders, but I thought, well, I'm going to have a really shocking night or, or I'm going <laughs> to get a, a swag of three votes and it could end up pretty, pretty good. And uh, that's exactly what happened. I got the six, six best on the grounds with the three votes, which gave me 18 and the 422, which got me equal with Roundy. But um, I think he he polled in nine games and I only polled in eight Roundy. So technically, you can have it. No, well, the, 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 <laughs> on the countback, countback system, I would have gone to Bernie because they, yeah. they uh, yeah. valued the two votes more than the one. And uh, he's right, right, even though I polled in nine games, I uh, still only had 22. But I had two one-voters and two uh, one two-voter. And then we both got six, uh, six, uh, three votes. Six, so, six three votes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Thank yeah, goodness yeah. that was the first year that they'd got rid of the countback system of two roundy as well. Yes. Yes. So, so, uh, so we were both able to get up there on the dais and uh, and collect the medals, which was terrific. Sharing it with you was fantastic, which and, makes and it that, even a little bit more special. You know, sharing with someone that I really started my career with, and uh, you know, I didn't, I couldn't, didn't have to stand up there by myself. It was terrific. Yeah, and to the AFL's credit, they uh, they went back through history and uh, awarded yep. the, um, the the brownlow to the people that had drawn drawn in years gone by and uh, had the same yep. number of votes, and they gave them a, a, a brownlow as well. So that was terrific. That was a great night to see all those guys, you know, the, the look on their faces and their uh, their appreciation of being announced a brownlow medalist all those years after. Then you know, they Howell and no, Pete, yeah. all these guys that yep. were played years ago, and uh, it was just terrific. Yeah, well, so they should have too. I mean, it was just ridiculous. You know, you end up with the same amount of votes, and you lose it, lose it on a count countback. So it was terrific that the AFL did that. You're right. Now I looked at the YouTube um, video of the of the presentation, uh, uh, Randy. You went the grey suit and the waistcoat. Yeah, the three piece. Yeah, I, I had that for about ten years. I didn't throw them out in those days, <laughs> and my body shape didn't change much, so I didn't. The girls would be looking for something to wear from about June, and the, the, the brown eyes always in September. And uh, you know they'd have to go, "Oh, I couldn't wear that. I wore that you know, last year or two years ago." So that, but the blokes get it pretty easy these days, especially you just put on the old monkey suit and, and away you go. But um, yeah, but, uh, I had the, the three piece of suit, and um, I was married in those days, and um, just did what the missus told me to wear. So that's what I wore. <laughs> and you were the dark suit, Bernie. So you were nicely, you were a nice colour contrast on stage. And then Peter Landy walks on in, the, in a mustard suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look. I don't think fashion was a big part of it in those days, uh, Kev. <laughs> I think it was uh, it was very much in the in the background. But um, except for uh, except for uh, uh, 
Graham Tooth. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the uh, velour, brown velour suit in uh, 1977. He got yeah, a bit of, he's still getting sticks for that, and, and he certainly <laughs> so. Uh, you could have got a lend of that. Quite, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get a lend of that, Roundy. <laughs> hey, uh, Peter Landy asked you both on the night what you, what the Brownlow medal meant to you, and 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 at that time you, you've got no idea, and you both kind of said that. What what has it meant to you since, Roundy? Ah, oh, geez, Kev, it's, it's a, a tremendous honour, and you know, I can only imagine how Bobby Skilton feels. I don't think he's ever been called Bobby. He's always been called Triple Brownlow Medalist and before they even say his name. But uh, it's like being knighted, you know. And, um, you know, geez, we were lucky enough to have a, a good year and get the votes that year. But, but, you know, I've said all along, there's probably better players that, you know, have never won a Brownlow and uh, through injury or suspension or whatever. So, you know, you're, you're fortunate enough to even to fall in place. I've played every game and, the uh, the esteem that it's held in, and um, and even now people sort of introduce him and say, "Oh, he won the 1981 Brownlow Medal." It's just a, a tremendous thing to sort of have on your your resume, I suppose. But yeah, I'd really appreciate it, and um, been been fantastic. Bernie, yeah, exactly the same, Kev. I mean, you know, you're growing up, you're looking you're, as a kid. I mean, I just you know, football, the, the players playing VFL football were the gods to me, and that was just something that you know they were just up there, way up there, and especially when the Brownlow Medalist was announced, you thought, wow, this bloke's, you know, this bloke's the, the king of the kings. But, um, you know, it's something that you, you aspire to and never think you're ever going to get there. But uh, as Randy said, you know, the, all the cards fell into place on, in that year, and I was a bit lucky. I played in a different position. I played sort of ruck rover on the ball, changing forward, which gave me a certain amount of freedom when, I, when I'd been playing centre-half forward, full forward, as a permanent uh, permanent set position, so I was able to get around the ground and uh, had a little bit of freedom, which um, you know Roundy would appreciate too. I mean, he's running around the ground, marking everything, yeah. so he's in the umpires. You know, he under under the uh, umpires' nose all the time. But it, look, it's just it's just great to have uh, to look back at things at, occasionally and get the medal out and have a look at it and think, gee, I'm, how fortunate was I to. Um, you know, the, the luck of a draw, the umpire could have looked at it slightly differently or someone who, who could have maybe deserved three votes and I got them and he got two. So it's just, um, I mean, it's a matter of opinion, but, um, you know, I was just fortunate to have a pretty good year that year and, uh, you know, that's how the cards fell and it's just fantastic to go back and every year maybe go to the, I don't know whether we'll get there this year, Randy, with the Brownlow the way the yeah. situation is in Victoria because they won't be having it in Melbourne probably. But just yeah. to get back and, and sit on the table with past Brownlow winners and, and just a part of the part of history, I suppose, it's just um, it's it's pretty satisfying. Kev, if you want a uh, an example of appreciation of someone who's won a Brownlow, Kevin Murray's a classic. He uh, yeah. he's got a gold chain made up and he wears it every day at the Brownlow wherever he goes. And uh, the delight in showing the people, and I've I've experienced a bit of that myself living in. In the complex up in uh, Queensland, with a lot of units and that, you, know, you get visitors from Victoria and they say, "Oh, he's played footy and won the Brownlow." And, uh, and I go, "I've got the Brownlow home here." I go to the kids, "Would you, you ever seen one?" And they go, "No." Nah. Would you like to? <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, get a photo taken with the Brownlow around their neck, and uh, oh, it makes their day. It makes me feel good too. So, uh, yeah, it's a great, great thing to have. Did uh, Bernie did it? Uh, I mean, a premiership win, and, and Roundy had one with uh, with Williamstown. Didn't have one uh, in the in the VFL. Uh, as it was in those days, uh, it doesn't make up for not winning a premiership, but it must sort of fill a little void in there somewhere. Yeah, on an individual basis, it's certainly you know it's a, it's an achievement. But um, 
it's uh, something that you'd you'd rather. I don't know, Randy, whether we'd give the Brownlow back these days for a premiership, but it's something I'd love to have both. I'd certainly <laughs> love to have both a Brownlow and a premiership. But uh, that's the way it goes. We got we got pretty close at Fitzroy in 1986, uh, 1983. Sorry, that was our best year. But we got knocked over by Hawthorne by four points and uh, got got beaten by Essendon the next week and didn't get through to the grand final. But that was our, our biggest chance. That was our biggest chance ever to get through and win one. But of course, history tells us. We didn't, so that's a situation. But um, it would have been great to have been a part of a premiership. I, I experienced at Williamstown after uh, playing so long in the, the VFL to go to the VFA, and uh, the first year I played there, you know, to win the flag. And um, I was 36 years old, and I was part of the youth uh, development group. And um, yeah, so uh, what, youth... what did you say? You're part of the development group? <laughs> no, I was, I was part of the, the youth, youth policy. I was. I was, I was <laughs> selected under that. But, uh, all um, oh, right. The president was about the same age, so he wanted someone to talk to. So I think. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, we we, uh, we won the flag, and just to see the joy, and and uh, and not so, even more so from the players, but the people that had followed Williamson, we hadn't won one for seventeen years, and uh, or nineteen years, I think, and just to see the the, the pleasure that gave them on their faces, and the same I experienced it with uh, when the Swans won it in two thousand five after seventy two years, and. I went out on the ground after the game and just to look at the red and white, those people crying and, bloody, you know, I think we were going to lose a lot of members after that because they said, oh, I only want to live long enough to see the swans win a flag. And I said, I reckon I read the death notices the next year and there was a few swans dropping off. But, uh, but yeah, to experience a, a premiership is the ultimate. But um, yeah. if you're just talking about an individual awards, the Brownlow's the, uh, the top, top of the cake, I think. You played till you were about 40, didn't you, Randy? But someone said that the reason you could play for so long was that you didn't have any pace to lose. Was that right? Yes, exactly right. And, uh, <laughs> well, I know you could run all day. Uh, I was 41 when I finished. But, 41, um, amazing. That's amazing. Cut, cut down in my prime. Well, I played every game virtually in the, in the ruck, first ruck, and I didn't have any, you know, I just didn't really have a spell. I just played four quarters and there's no interchange, so... Uh, Yep. I just sort of kept going and going, and all of a sudden, he started to get a bit sore, and I thought, I'll go and have a clean out, and, um, you know, the damn thing never came good after that. I, I, I thought, uh, you know, I'd, I'd played in the ruck all that time. I reckon I had a year or two playing as a, a full forward, a forward pocket, and when you're captain and coach, you don't have to worry about getting a game. <laughs> so, uh, did you play after the after you had the clean out? Did you play again, or was that the no? End of it? Never, no, it never came good. I never played. Never again, came good. So, uh, no, so it was a bit disappointing, but. Um, but yeah, just and I, I did ca- coach in nineteen ninety uh, to Williamstown won the flag, and I was just I actually played in that one too. Yeah, so it was forty one. The next year I, I retired. Oh, okay, okay, that's that's an amazing amazing effort to play that long and to be that old and still playing at a top level because we, the VFA was a top level competition still in those days. Don't worry. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to win the Liston Trophy at age thirty seven. So yeah. I don't know if that's a, the oldest winner or not, but. Um, I think I'm still the oldest winner of the Brownlow, which is, I don't know if it's anything to scout about, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, but, uh, yeah, I know I've had a, had a good career and, and, um, the body stood up well until the, the little knee operation. But anyway, that's the way it goes. So looking back on your on your careers, both of you, uh, Randy is is doing the footy favourites album and, and singing Little Genie, one of the highlights or one of the lowlights? Ah, uh, I wish they had a burnt every copy of it. Uh, they were gonna, I even made a spot on my mantelpiece for the gold record. They said, don't worry, we have a Collingwood bloke singing the song so that, you know, they'll sell 100,000, you'll get a gold record. And I reckon we sold about 15 and my mum bought three of them, so I don't know who got the others, but uh, uh, it, was, it was a shocker. <laughs> 
So we, uh, yeah, that was a very entertaining night when we, we did the record there. And uh, I think we did over three nights and uh, it was 12 clubs in those days. So four four blokes uh, a night, over three nights. And um, I was with Calvin Pembledon and Robbie Flower, I like Robbie Flower. And uh, the, the song I gave Robbie was Macho Man. Now, you've never seen a skinnier footballer than Robbie. He's just an absolute champion and a champion bloke at that too. But uh, Macho Man. And uh, anyway, I've... I've I've been South Melbourne was down the bottom. I got last pick, and there was only a couple of songs left. And they said, "Well, you do Little Genie." Well, uh, I thought, "Oh, God, I'll going to wear the tight jocks to get the feel of nose here." Anyway, um, I was a bit shy. I said, "Listen, you know, all the rock and rollers drink a bottle of scotch on stage or whatever." I said, "I need a bit of something to get me going." So they went across the Flagstaff Gardens and bought a slab, and I think I might have got a bottle of whiskey as well. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I went from being too shy to do me song to wanting to do the whole album on my own. But, uh, <laughs> And so I woke up a bit. I had a bit of a sleep on the floor, and after I did my song, and I woke up and Calvin Templeton, poor old Calvin, he was a lovely bloke and a great footballer, but uh, he didn't have a voice for singing. And, he, and they uh, he sang "Who's Sorry Now," and I think I know the blokes were sorry they asked him to do it, but um, <laughs> he, he got him to talk it. He, he got him to talk it in the finish. He couldn't uh, sing it. He couldn't even talk in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor old Cal. Yeah. Uh, no right to reply in this program either. How did you miss out on doing that, Bernie? Because surely you, they would have been tapping you on the shoulder to have a crack at that. No, I don't know what happened. No one came near me with that one. They must have uh, realised that I had no no potential whatsoever. I think Laurie Serafini got, got the gig. He did. He did. He did. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know what he sang Roundy, but um, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. They kept me out of the equation and very wisely, wisely so as well, I think. Roundy's never shy when there's a microphone around. Don't worry, you'll be up there singing. Yeah, I still get up and have a bit of a sing if we go to a surf club or something yeah, in the band's yep. on. And uh, they want to, I, don't, I never, promise you, I'll never ever sing Little Journey again. But um, uh, no, I don't mind giving the gambler a run or uh, Sweet Caroline. So yeah, uh, yeah there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you, you both, are, did, did you achieve out of your footy career more than you than you thought you would? You, I mean, you walked in in 1969 and you've walked away at the end of it, both playing over 300 games and both in the Hall of Fame and all the accolades and the Brownlow medals. Did, did you achieve more than you ever, ever in your wildest dreams thought you would, Bernie? Uh, yeah, look, look, I don't know. You just turn up every year, Kevin, you go through the motions and away you go. Probably in my early years, I didn't uh, achieve what, what I maybe maybe could have, you know, when when you're in your youth, and of course they say the uh, the youth is wasted on the young, yeah. and um, you know that's when your body's at your best and you, you recover so quickly, and you just keep on playing. But later on in my career, I really got stuck into the weights, which I, I think made a made a really big difference to uh, the, the results of my football. And it was, if I look back now, it was something that um, we weren't ever really uh, pushed towards when we yeah. were young, were we, Roundy? I mean, Roundy was naturally massive, but um, he was two axe handles across the shoulders. But, you know, I was just a skinny little kid, really, when I came down at 17, at about 12 and a half stone. And I really think that, well, you know, it just wasn't part of the process in those days of really getting stuck into the gym and doing a lot of hard lifting and heavy weights, which would have really developed the body. So I think probably, you know, maybe the early parts of my career, I look back and think, gee, I could have done things a bit, little, little bit differently and a bit, little bit more professionally. And it's very easy, easy uh, in hindsight to do, yeah. to look at a lot of things, and, and and I think if everyone looked back over their career or over their life, they'd look at things and say, "Well, I would have done that differently," and I certainly would have done things differently in my early days. But uh, maybe you don't appreciate uh, what you've got until until it's passed you by. But uh, I certainly would have got stuck into the gym and 
and uh, the professionalism wasn't there in those days, and I wish it had been. But anyway, that's probably a part of it. But the second part of my career, and uh, uh, I was very probably very pleased with what uh, what I did achieve at Fitzroy. Absolutely, absolutely. Randy, what about you? Oh, yeah, look, I, I look back now and I think, you know, crikey, I did that. And, uh, and I, I remember Ian Stewart, when I won the Brownlow, Ian Stewart was my coach at South Melbourne, and he said, look, he said, you'll, you know, you'll appreciate it now. He said, but you'll really appreciate it once you retire and you've got time to actually look back on it. And, um, you know, playing 328 games or whatever, and you never would have, in my wildest dreams, thought that was going to happen and just everything that had happened. But with Bernie, he, he was an absolute natural athlete and, um, you know, very gifted and super Bert Quinlan and all that sort of stuff. He was, uh, we used to go away quite often or a lot of years up to Queensland, up to the Gold Coast, and we were both married at the time. And uh, I'd make him get out of bed and come in for a run in the morning along the beach. And, yeah, he was a bit reluctant, but he... Uh, he nearly yeah. killed me, Kev. He nearly <laughs> killed me. It was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, I taught him the difference between being a thoroughbred and a draft horse. I said, you've got to work a bit harder. And um, so I reckon he got the training bug into his brain a bit more. Then I used to train him a bit. So I'm taking a bit of credit for the way he's turned out. That's right, Randy. We trained at the start. At the start of 1981, we were up there at the Gold Coast, and we'd run every morning from... Um, around Cavill Avenue, around that area, up to Southport, and I'd start greeting it on the way back because you'd start putting the pressure on about two k's or three k's from home, and away you'd go. And uh, <laughs> I, I was, uh, you know, my tongue was hanging out and my backside was dragging on the sand by the time we got back to the finish line. <laughs> it was pretty tough work, but, uh, yeah, it was good fun. It was fantastic fun. Very deceptive athlete is, uh, is one B round, I would have thought, Bernie. He wasn't quick. Yeah. But he could run, if you put him in a 10 k he could he could run the legs off most of the people. He just kept on running, kept running all the time. He was fantastic. A really good distance runner. With You wouldn't believe that he would have been, but looking at the size of him. But uh, he was. He was a terrific uh, distance runner, and he could just keep going. He certainly run me into the ground over a 10 k <laughs> or as a 5 k or even a 1 k <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Bernie, was, was Superboot a, a Lou Richards invention? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was good. Yeah, Super Boot. He, he started. Yeah, that's for sure. But uh, k- kicking was never it was something that I think my father handed it down to me. He played uh, seconds with Fitzroy and went on to coach Terrelgan when he went up and worked at the APM at Maryvale. Okay. Uh, that's that's how uh, how he ended up in in that part of the the, the country. So uh, they tell me people that did see him play told me that he was a fantastic kicker of the football, and I think it was just handed on to me. I mean, it was a great source of frustration for me because uh, I used to think, crikey, we're the same size, about six four, and same size arms and legs, and same size, nearly same size feet. How come he can kick it bloody sixty five metres, and I'm, I'm doing me 40, 40 metres? And uh, this would be a great cause of frustration. But uh, anyway, that's the way it was. And it was always good, really, when we played. Well, it wasn't good, but you know, those days we played out at the Western Oval or the Witten Oval, as it is now, of course. When the northerly was blowing, and they were shocking <laughs> days. They were shocking days to play football. But if you yeah. got onto a torpedo with the wind, <laughs> that northerly wind, it would go ninety-five meters. It was fantastic, and that's what that's what um, I think it added to my name at times. You know, able to kick with that wind out at the Western Oval. Yeah, he cost the club a fair bit of money. He'd land them on Geelong Road, and uh, the club left to buy a new footy every time Bernie kicked a goal. <laughs> uh, very good, um, uh, Randy. How would you describe Bernie? Quinlan? Ah, just a champion bloke and a champion player, obviously, but um, just an amazing example of uh, what a, a champion footballer looks like. He's got the, the, the build and the attitude and the skills and uh, 
And apart from that, you know, off the field is uh, we've been mates for a long time and will be forever. So uh, yeah, I'm really pleased that I was got to the club the same time and ended up. And that's the same as quite a lot of the boys here. You know, the, you start mentioning them and you leave blokes out. But uh, as I said before, they're uh, lifelong friends you make in football. It's just been a, a, an absolute pleasure. And um, you know, even at Williamstown, I was a lot fairly a bit older than all the boys there, but we. I mean, betting syndicates with Pastores and Garzies and Josh yeah. Rickman and all these guys. It's just fantastic. And, uh, yeah, Bernie sort of fits into that mould quite, quite easily. Bernie, uh, how would you describe Roundy? I think if we're able to go to Roundy's funeral tomorrow, you wouldn't fit them into the church because... Yeah, you're uh, only allowed be... 10 there. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I'm saying if, if we're allowed to and there were no restrictions... They'd be lined up outside the church 10 deep trying to get in because that's how popular Roundy is and and uh, he well and truly deserves it. The, the two best blokes in football I've ever come across were him and uh, Robbie Flower. I, don't, I haven't heard anyone say a bad word ever about Roundy. He'd be the most popular bloke he's, because, I mean, he's laconic, I would say, um, easy to get along with, great company and um, just a great friend, just someone that I'm just proud to have won the Brownlow with. I couldn't have thought of uh, winning the Brownlow with anyone, uh, a better person than Roundy. And, you know, from the early days, I first saw him when I was up playing, still playing under-18s, and he was running around on the Trelgan football ground, this giant running around taking marks everywhere, right, left and centre. And I thought, geez, this bloke's massive. What's going on here? <laughs> and, um, you know, a year later, I was playing football with him down at, down at the uh, the Western Oval. And that was 1969, and, and uh, yeah. there you go. That's how long uh, we've been in contact, Randy. So what's that? We're over 50 years now, and that's pretty amazing. So um, yeah, is, I'll, be, yeah. I'll be up there again, Randy. Don't worry. As soon as these restrictions lift and uh, we can get up there, um, I'll be up there with you. Don't worry. It's fantastic. Yeah. And, and uh, I've loved your friendship over the years. It's been terrific. Good on you, mate. Well, if you've got any brains, you'll move up and live here. We could gather the nursing home together and, uh, and play bloody cards. <laughs> you imagine some poor bugger in a nursing home and you two walked in. My God, you'd think you're having nightmares. Jesus. Uh, that might be too far off the way we go, Randy. Look out. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, never mind. Hey, uh, thank you both for your time. Really appreciate it. It's been lovely to have a chat and uh, to, read, to catch up. Thanks, gents. Uh, stay well and stay safe and stay healthy. Good, Good on you, you, Thank you yeah, for that. Absolute pleasure. And, uh, Still got a soft spot for the doggies. Probably more, a bit more. But actually, ask Bernie, who do he backs for? If he's a, a bulldog or a, a, a lion? But um, yeah, still got some some mates that uh, from the Footscray guys, days, lots of them. But uh, yeah, probably a little bit more of the Swannies after being yeah. captain for, and played there for ten years. But uh, yeah, that, Bernie, who do you, who do you, who's your favourite team? I, I don't want to hurt either club, Roundy. No, I'll get very diplomatic, Bern. Very diplomatic. You don't hurt either club. <laughs> Good on you, Jim. So, uh, look, I, I did watch. I did watch with interest the doggies and the lions, the Bernie Quinlan Cup. I think wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did watch that one with interest. So you know, I had mixed feelings through the game, one way and the other way, watching watching that game. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Well, thanks to Roundy and to Bernie for their time. Uh, terrific blokes. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that one. And don't forget all the other podcasts we have uh, that we've done uh, in this series so far, all available. Uh, you can uh, listen to the back episodes to uh, Brian Royal, to Stephen Wallace, uh, to Stevie Power, Gordon Casey, to Boppo, to uh, Spider. Uh, they're all there. So please have a listen and enjoy. And plenty more coming soon uh, to a podcast platform near you. Go the doggies. But you can't beat the ball.